Coming to you from the Barrier Island Center on Virginia's eastern shore, this is Sharing the Mic with David Phillips. In each episode, we try to give you a different perspective of life on the eastern shore, whether it's about an occupation or simply stories of what people who have lived here have done in their careers. If you like what you hear, share it with your friends. Sharing the Mic is a monthly podcast with each new episode appearing the first of each month. My guest is full-time artist, Carola Bogerman Pearson. This conversation was recorded remotely with Carola in her studio and I in mine. She was raised in the Netherlands. A college internship initially brought her to the Eastern Shore. Love made her come back many more times after that, and she moved here permanently in 2000. She now has a home-based studio in Lower Northampton County. Her relationship with the Barrier Island Center is long and strong. Corella Pearson, welcome to Sharing the Mic. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you here. You grew up in the Netherlands. Was this in a city or some rural part? It was um, in a town with about 40,000 people, so it it was a fairly large town, but it did have a small town feel, and we were surrounded by a lot of nature, uh, lots of meadows and woods and natural dunes. So it didn't feel like I was raised in a big city, but we did have quite a few people. So now you're living in the United States in a rather remote part of Virginia. Do you find any similarities between where you grew up and where you're living now? <laughs> Yeah, uh, they're both flat and there's lots of water. <laughs> so um, the the landscape is fairly similar, uh, but there obviously are a lot less people on the eastern shore, so it feels uh, more rural here. Do I understand correctly that you took up painting after you came to the United States? Basically, I bought a little booklet, What and How in Oils, when I was living in Holland, and um, I started to play with oils after my day job in the evenings, just as just for fun. But I did start taking my first lessons in 2001 after I moved to the United States with my late painting teacher, Adamo. And when I started taking lessons from him, I got hooked. That's how it all started. What was your art background prior to coming here? I've always loved uh, art in the sense of drawing. My mom said it was one of the first words that I uh, uttered in Dutch. Um, And my parents drug me to museums as a kid. So I did have a little bit of uh, interest in it, I guess. I don't really have an art background in the sense that um, I went to a fine art school. I took some history classes in high school and college, but I went to school for graphic design. And that was sort of a combination of my love for drawing. And uh, it eased my parents' concern that I could make a living. I understand that one. You came to the United States initially on an internship. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, it was a, um, a connection that was made through my college with uh, some people here on the Eastern Shore. Somebody had, had arranged uh, this internship for his niece, who was Dutch, and she came over the first for the first time with a friend, and they worked for the Eastern Shore News and the Blue Crab Bay Company. And that's when the relationship got established between my college and these two companies. And I was uh, following in their footsteps a few years later in 1995. 
and work for the Eastern Shore News for half a year as an intern. And how was that? It was wonderful. I love the Eastern Shore. I love the people here. I love the slower pace of living. And uh, I also met my now husband. So lots of good things. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a wonderful website, I got to tell you. And I noticed that even though your work has changed direction and technique and has gone from a certain kind of realism to abstraction, I see strong similarities in the way you show light and how it strikes objects, particularly water. Uh, It's very beautiful and it's quite evocative. And if one squints, some of the realistic paintings look almost exactly like the abstractions. Is this something that you do consciously? And what I'm talking about here is very often you'll find two dark areas uh, surrounding a stream or something, and that becomes quite light through reflection. Um, And I see the same sort of shape if I squint my eyes in the realistic paintings as I do in the abstract paintings. Yes, um, I guess I'm always drawn to light in nature and how it bounces off of the water and trees and marsh and things like that. So I try to capture that mood. What I'm working on now is to simplify the scene and reduce all those visual elements to just shapes of a certain value and color. That is to really convey a feeling rather than the actual literal place. I'm trying to, if you can compare it to writers, writing a haiku rather than a novel. It's way harder to write a haiku and say something in a few words. And that's what I'm trying to do in my paintings to simplify and to extract that feeling that I want to convey and the emotion. Interesting. Interesting. I noticed that many of your works are done on cradled board, and cradle board is a term with which I'm really unfamiliar. Can you tell me about that? Sure. Cradled board is really, it's a sheet of masonite or particle board that has a wooden frame glued behind it, and this makes the board sturdier, so there's less warping, but it's also necessary because the technique that I use of oil and cold wax that cannot be done on a, on a regular canvas. Uh, canvas flexes, and that would cause the wax in the oils to break. I also apply the paint with rollers, and I take away paint with scrapers, and that can also not be done with a canvas. It has to be done on a rigid uh, support. So that's why I'm using cradled boards. There's an interview with you published in the Talbot Spy in May of 2022 that mentions a series of life-altering events which caused you to shift focus from traditional representational painting to abstract painting. Would you tell us about that? Yeah, I've had a few uh, interesting uh, events that really were so profound that they changed my life in a major way. Um, And I don't know if I can mention all of them, but the most profound one happened in 2019. And it's a bit of a personal story, but um, I've been a a bit of a worry ward uh, for a long time. For many, many years, uh, I was always afraid of the future, what might happen, what could happen. Uh, worried about the past, what I could have done or should have done. And I was taking on other people's problems, uh, watching the news, things like that. So it got to a point where my thoughts were absolutely driving me crazy. And in May of 2019, uh, a good friend of mine sent me a video. And in the video, the lady uh, basically 
recommended uh, medita meditation. And I had tried to meditate before, um, but it didn't really stick. So now I was really motivated and I started meditating about twice a day for about 30 minutes. And it's basically yoga for your brain in the sense that you're um, becoming aware of your thoughts and why you're thinking them and you try to let them go. And when I meditated for about, I would say three to four months, so it was in September of 2019, I walked with my dog into our yard and the sun was shining and all of a sudden it felt like the weight of the world dripped off of me. It literally felt like it was dripping from my head, through my body, through my toes, into the, into the earth. And at that moment, I felt like a little kid again without a care in the world. Um, I was okay. The world was okay. Um, I was just so profoundly happy. And when I walked across the street, um, I had asked the, the farmer, the local farmer, if I could walk my dog on his property. And he had planted soybeans on the field on both sides of this dirt road that I was walking on. And the fields were going as far as I could see in both directions. And when I was walking the dog there, I looked and all of a sudden, all the leaves on all the plants of the soybeans, as far as I could see, the leaves turned to me and it was like, they were like little hands waving at me. And I don't know how long this lasted. It might've been a few seconds, but it was almost, and I, I don't even know how to explain it. If it was God or Gaia, or it felt like the universe was sort of celebrating that I was finally happy again and, and carefree. And, um, it was such a profound experience because it felt so real. I wasn't uh, using anything. <laughs> I might've had a cup of coffee in the morning. Um, but I realized in that instant that this is how I'm supposed to feel all the time. And it became a lesson for me that um, my life wasn't easy overnight, but, it, but I was super aware when a worry or a doubt started creeping in because I felt like, no, 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 that's not how I'm supposed to feel anymore. So it made me realize that I had made a lot of decisions uh, in my life based on fear. And from that point on, I decided to start following my heart and my passion no matter what. So one of them was to play more in my work and not worry, worry if people liked it or if it sells, but just to paint my heart out. And this playing in the studio became um, uh, playing with cold wax, oil and cold wax. And that was something completely new to me, but I was afraid to try it because I didn't know exactly how to use it. And my late painting teacher, Adamo, had given me this jar of cold wax and Finally, I was brave enough to experiment with it. And when I started playing with that, just kind of seeing what happened, I was dancing in the studio again, and I, I felt like a, a kid in a candy store. It was just uh, amazing. So that's how that 
affected my my life and my work. Well, your work certainly shows that you enjoy it. I've really enjoyed going through your website and other websites where you're represented and uh, looking at the paintings you've done. Could you describe the thought process uh, when you begin a new work? How do you begin? Do you begin with a concrete image, a photo or a sketch, or do you just have an idea of an emotion or feeling that you want to express? Yeah, usually I get inspiration from just looking out the window um, out of our home, but also just driving around um, on the East Coast. I take a lot of pictures. It's usually the light that captures my attention, and I get ideas about how to create a painting with from those photos. But sometimes it's the other way around, where I'll just be daydreaming and getting an idea, and then I'll find the reference photos to go with that idea and to to play with that. But I've always been interested in uh, capturing the beauty of nature and um, the, our surroundings here. But it was always a controlled process. It was always uh, you start out with a plan or an idea, you draw it out, and then you Fill, fill in the shapes and things like that. So recently, I've also started to paint without a plan and just uh, see what happens. And that is a whole different process because you are you have to let go of control, which is not easy for me as a control freak. But it's basically um, the, the playing with the oil and cold wax. Um, it's a very spontaneous method where you don't always know what you're going to get when you're dissolving layers or scraping back into previous layers. So that uh, makes it a lot of fun because you you never know what you're going to get. And that is uh, really liberating and fun. Well, it certainly shows. Can you tell us where you're represented and where people could see your work? Yes, I'm um, represented by a few galleries, Um Ellen Moore Gallery in Cape Charles is one of them. Uh, Hagen Fine Art in Charleston. Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, Hagen Fine Art. And um, I'm also participating in a few local shows every now and then. Uh, the uh, We just had the open studio tour uh, Thanksgiving weekend for the Artisans Guild and sometimes I participate in the Berry Islands Art on the Farm show. Unfortunately, I can't do that this year, but um, I have participated for many, many years. And it's always a lot of fun. Great way to connect with uh, old friends and collectors. And, and people can also find me, uh, obviously, on Facebook and um, on my website. I post uh, my work as well. So And give us that address. It's uh, artwork by carol with an e at the end dot com so artwork by carol dot com great and do you have any new work that people can see uh now or shortly in the future yes um there will be a few there are actually a few pieces on my website right now that are available carola thank you so much it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Several years ago, Hampton Roads Public Media, WHRO, did a series of short spots called Our Eastern Shore. On each of our podcasts, I will revisit one episode. Listen. 
Long before fast food restaurants, there was the legendary Paul's. You're listening to Our Eastern Shore. In the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, in the small town of Cheriton, Paul's Restaurant was renowned. Located just a few miles from Cape Charles and Oyster, Paul's had a few tables in the back, a soda bar, and a small selection of necessaries. It also served as the Trailways bus station. On occasion, Paul's would send orders across the bay with the bus drivers. Paul's was well regarded for generous portions of fried clams and huge pieces of homemade pie. And on those days when the weather made work in the fields or on the water impossible, farmers and watermen gathered at Paul's to play cards, socialize, and enjoy delicious food. Our Eastern Shore is created by WHRO in partnership with the Barrier Islands Center. Funding has been provided by the Virginia Foundation for the Humanities. You have been listening to Sharing the Mic with David Phillips. Produced by the Barrier Islands Center on Virginia's Eastern Shore. Sally Dickinson, Executive Director. Kristen Dennis, Office and Marketing Manager. Megan Ames, Director of Planning and Development. Tracy Jones, Director of Education. The Barrier Island Center is located at 7295 Young Street in Machipongo, Virginia, 23405. The website is www.barrierislandscenter.org. If you have comments or questions about this podcast, please direct them to podcast at icloud.com. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Until next time, stay safe and be well.